All right, then let's do this properly. <clears throat> yeah, as properly as we can. Yeah, you uh, aren't very good at doing stuff properly, are you? Yeah. Well, yeah, so I think, uh, I don't know, if we go to chapter, well, there's 62 chapters in total, right? Yeah, because he hasn't finished it yet, and he might not, but. Yeah. All right, so if we go to chapter two. <laughs> Wait, so where do we uh, where did we leave off last time? Like, what did we even have up? Like, three to five? Yeah, we had three to five up, but I'm going to... Uh, yeah, so we'll do one and two, and then we'll redo three and five, because if you listen to the, the current recording that we have up, it is... Not good. We'll, we'll redo three and five, and, we, and we'll do like remastered. We'll do a remaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Goddamn. My uh, water bottle doesn't want to cooperate. Yeah, well. I'm not using your cup. I'm not into that. That kind of tastes weird. Hmm. Alright. Alright, hold on, let me check. Alright. Uh, chapter 1. Dune Sea Part 1. Long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Galaxy, to settle the conflict. Negotiations broke down before they could even begin, forcing Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn and his Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi to the planet's surface of Naboo. With the help of a lone Gungan Jar Jar, they find themselves led to the hidden underwater city of the natives of Naboo. With some convincing, the leader of the Gungan people gave the Jedi a submarine in order to obtain access to the city of Thede to travel beneath the surface without being seen by Trade Federation forces. Finding that the Queen has been captured, the Jedi were able to free her, but were forced to road off-world in the Naboo Royal Starship. In turn, the J-Type 327 Nabooian Royal Starship Cyperdrive was damaged and they could only afford one continuous jump. Their destination? Tatooine. All right, I'll pick up here. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
He licked his upper lip, wincing as he did so. His lips were too dry, no water in sight. The last moisture farm he came across had been overrun by Tuscan raiders, so he was clearly parched. That's when a massive shadow, a starship hum, passed over him. Gasping, unable to form words, he watched as a silvery chromium-plated vessel shot through the sky. What was that? Who was that? It was a shiny ship, nothing like the vessels landed in the starports. Whimpering in his throat from the pain, groaning at the feeling of fatigue that had been eating at him for hours, the boy could see the starship. As he got closer, he could see the configuration of the hull. He could recognize the use of chromium, a material used to reflect solar radiation off a starship's hull, though nowadays it was used as decoration, specifically for the Naboo royal family. Poking the tip of his tongue out against his lips only to wince at the feeling of dry lips cutting the tip, he quickened his pace even more, flailing his arms mutely above his head. Two steps and he face-planted on the hot, scorching sand. Quickly, though, he launched himself off the ground and back onto his feet, stumbling a bit as sand went down his shirt, causing him to uncomfortably shake. In that moment, he furrowed his eyes, frozen his place as he could feel four people emerge from the starship. A young man with blonde hair, blue eyes, and tiny braided ponytail and pale earth tones. And then there was an older man with long, dark brown hair and an intimidating yet friendly face. Behind the two of them, however, were two people. A young female about his age, if not a year older, and another person who had dark skin and a reddish-brown uniform. It seemed they were arguing about something. Ento didn't necessarily care about their petty squabble and quickly padded towards the ship. Master, Obi-Wan, the blonde with blue eyes, pointed his pale hand towards the young man who was approaching their vessel. That doesn't look like a Jawa. Dali's a young Heeson. Jar Jar, a Gungan with big floppy ears and a wedge-shaped head with two protruding eyes from the top of their heads, shouted as he came running down the ship's loading ramp. Hmm. Jin looked over towards the young man who was coming towards them. When Jar Jar went to speak again, he raised a hand for silence, causing the alien to go quiet, nervously shifting about. He could sense a strong connection to the Force. He surmised the boy who was in the area was drawn to them thanks to his mind being open to the Force. I sense something different about this boy. How so, Master? Obi-Wan looked to Jin mildly concerned. I sense that he has unorthodox training in the Force, he muttered as he stepped forward, narrowing his gaze on the boy while keeping his hands crossed over his chest within his robes. <clears throat> All right, you go. Yeah. Lowering his hand from the boy's forehead, he turned to Panaka. May we bring him inside? Panaka looked to Padme for a split second, who was glaring at him, before focusing on the Jedi Master once more. Of course, right this way. He turned and jogged backwards toward the loading ramp. Jin then turned back towards Ento. May I? He asked the girl to let him go, allowing him to tuck his arm under the boy's knees and carry him into the ship. Within a few minutes, Ento was laying on a makeshift bed on top of a few crates on board the starship. 
Most of the farmers to it had removed, he was just in a pair of oversized trousers and boots. He was clearly built well for his young age. Due to this, it was likely he wasn't going to be able to stop exercising regularly without damaging his muscles. Thanks to him being able to use the force, that may be rectified. Jin stood over the boy with his eyes closed, his hands hovering over him. Using the force, he was able to hear the sunburn, heal the sunburn, and other damage done to him by the environment, especially the damage done to his throat by the sand and dry air. Boy, what is your name? Jin inquired as he watched Ento staring up at him with this eerily calm and collected face. His chest was slowly rising up and down. He was stable aside from the continued dehydration, which was temporarily stunted. It's all right, young one, Obi-Wan assured the young man. You're safe here. <clears throat> all right, give me a second, and then I'll start chapter two. I think it's kind of dumb that you can't vote on the chapters anymore. Ah. All right. Um. Well, what did you think of chapter one? I'm just going to ask you this so that we can add more time to the podcast, honestly. <laughs> chapter one's pretty good, I'd say. It sets up the, uh, the background of uh, where we're at in the story's timeline, being in uh, episode one of the pre-sequels, which I thought was all right. Definitely wasn't that is that just because it's Disney or because they actually aren't very good at yeah a kerfuckle And it, it, sorry, continue. I'd say that he did, he did very, that he did pretty well with introducing the story uh, and getting somebody to carry off on it without being lost about what's going on. Hmm. Love my water. All right. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. It gives a nice little intro to the background of, uh, Ento Raid, who is a farmer's boy, who for some reason is wandering through the desert. And it shows that he has uh, some, a little bit of training and uh, force, but not enough to actually, it's, it looks good, good I can cut it on orthodox. Yeah, and the, well I already know what's going to happen next because we've read this before, but the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, oh, what was I going to say? The, okay, well, I guess I can't remember what I was going to say. Well, that's all for his spot. <laughs> Chapter two, Dune Sea part two. Padme as a handmaiden returned to their side with a cup 
uh, oh, with a metal cup of water in hand. Ento went to open his mouth to speak until he felt her arm under his head. Without warning, he felt the cold rim of the cup against his lips. Water. He could taste it, smell it, and feel it. Despite being healed. <laughs> no, water tastes the same as its temperature. And what minerals are in it. Like, if you have sulfur in your water, it might taste a little bit like... <laughs> yeah, it might... Yeah. But it could be well, no, no, because we have uh, we have sulfur in our water here, and we can smell it. This brings us back to the age-old question: Is water wet? <clears throat> Despite being healed by the Master Jedi, his throat burned the sensation of water going down his throat. Could have worded that different, but it works. He continued to drink it, especially as she made him take small sips. When he finished the cup, he began to cough a bit before sitting up and hitting his chest with a closed fist. Some sand literally came out of his mouth before he groaned slightly, his attention moving back towards the Jedi Master, who had been waiting patiently. Padme smiled. Wait, what? Oh, maybe the water loosened the sand enough that his coughing made it come up. Does sand become mud? I thought dirt became mud. You know what? Sand becomes fucking grainy thick sludge when you put a lot of water on it. You ever like put put sludge in your boots and sludge makes it come up sand? Yeah. Took a bucket with some water and how it's all not coarse anymore, it's all stuck together anymore. It's wet. And I feel like you can take them. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh. Padme smiled weakly, seeing his attention move from person to person. The four of them were all in the room, looking at the boy they saved from near death, waiting for his name. Mimicking Obi-Wan's Coruscanti accent, he decided to speak. M my n name is Ento. Ento Raid. As he got around to getting used to words being formed in his mouth once more, he only stuttered in the beginning before mastering his speech quite quickly. Jin cracked a smile as he scratched his chin. It seems he's taken to your voice, Obi-Wan. The wise Jedi Master couldn't help but quip. Obi-Wan shook his head slightly with a faint smile of his own. My name is Qui-Gon Jin. I am a Jedi Master. He gestured to himself, respectively, before shifting his posture and gesturing towards Obi-Wan. This is my Padawan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anto just sat there blinking at them, seemingly jaded from the days that had come to pass. His eyes then shifted to the girl, who was standing there with a guard beside her, waiting for her name. My name is Padme. I am a handmaiden to the Queen of Naboo. The boy squinted at her. She had pale skin and brown hair. Her brown eyes were big, making him want to protect her. Yet the words she had spoken to him, they sounded like a blatant lie that everyone else in the room was either knowledgeable of or had fallen for the guise. 
Even though he didn't know what the Queen of Naboo looked like, he was sure this handmaiden was actually that person. Nice to meet you all, Ento muttered under his breath as he rested his eyes on Panaka. My name is Panaka. I am the head of the Royal Security Forces. He gave a decent wave before looking at everyone else, then back to the kid. This man was telling the truth, but if he was the head of the Royal Security Forces, then why was he here and not with the Queen? His eyes flickered to the young girl in the room, who was subtly keen on his good looks. He couldn't say it was love, but it was definitely some form of admiration. Yet he could tell that she cared about him just a bit more than everybody else here. Was it because he looked like a young boy, or was it because of how he looked? He couldn't quite tell, but her eyes were teeming with determination. So, what happened to you? Where are your parents? These questions randomly blurted from her mouth, putting her nose where it generally didn't belong. The boy looked to the Jedi, then back to her for a moment. Our farm was attacked by Tusken raiders. He let out a sigh. My parents are dead. She rubbed his back sympathetically, though she found it strange that he could have said it so calmly. It was almost as if he was speaking a matter-of-factly. Anto's gaze encompassed all of them. Why is there a queen of Naboo on this dust ball? Padme couldn't help but giggle at the reference to the planet, though at the same time she was reminded of the reason she was here, and her heart sank into, de into a hidden depression. Jin looked at her, sensing her emotions before looking to the boy with a faint smile across his lips. We're here on an urgent mission to escort the Queen to Coruscant. However, our ship has been damaged and it's in need of a new hyperdrive and some parts. Would you by any chance know of a place near here? Alright, good. <laughs> Let me scroll up before you continue. Hold up. Alright, I'll take over here. <clears throat> There's a pod race going on. A tournament. Sometime this week, if I remember correctly. Ento slowly laid back on the makeshift bed, squirming a bit as he could feel the crates underneath the material. Gambling might help. Jin narrowed his eyes on the young boy before nodding. Nod, nod, nodding. <laughs> Gesturing for R2-D2, a silver and blue astromech droid, to follow him and Jar Jar off the ship. As the jetty pot jetty... God damn. As the Jedi Padawan... <laughs> They're uh, yeti jedis. They're jetties. As the Jedi Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi seemingly left the starship's hold along with that security, Padme placed a hand on his forehead. Do you need more water? With the other absent, she seemed more upfront with her concern, if not even more direct. He enjoyed the feeling of her cool hand on his warm forehead. It allowed him to relax a bit, but he wasn't about to grab onto it to keep it there as she let it slip off onto the great surface beside his head. What water would be nice. He'd suddenly stutter quietly under his breath as he looked over her dark gray vest, which was over her dark blue tunic and black trousers. Seeing that he wasn't talking straight as they were left alone caused the queen to smile faintly towards him in a comforting manner before going to step away. However, as she went to leave, she felt his hand around her wrist. Taking a step back as to not pull him off the crate, she turned to face him, only to find he was sitting up and leaning towards her. 
His eyes, which travel along the contours of her face, were interested. Um, she started only to blink as he shook his head slightly. You don't smell like a handmaiden. Ento didn't know what a handmaiden smelled like, but he wanted to see if his suspicions were true. If this was indeed the queen, he was curious as to why she was hiding amongst her own people. Uh, I am a handmaiden. My name is Padme, she said in a stern tone as she tried to pull her wrist free, yet he held tighter now that she tried to leave his grasp. Through the force, he could tell, he could sense that she was lying, at least about the part of being a handmaider. Her name really was, yes, a handmaider, like toe-mater, but without the toe. <laughs> her name was really Padme, so now he was curious as to why no one seemed to notice. No one knows your first name, do they? Padme narrowed her eyes on him, furrowing her brows at him. You're a strange boy, strangely insightful at that. A coy smile formed over her lips as she placed her free hand on his wrist. Let me go so I can get yo some water. It literally says yo. <laughs> so I can get you some water. As he let go of her wrist, she seemed to be nice to him, even after he was able to figure out her guys. That, and she didn't seem to panic. So he was sure that head of security was in some way in on what she was doing. Perhaps he was the one who devised such a plan as making doubles and playing a different role as to keep their identity hidden from assassins. <laughs> yeah. Ento watched as she left the hold in order to get the promised water. As he reached out with the force, he could feel the movement of those around and inside the ship. Pursing his lips, however, he felt a disturbance in the force. He couldn't quite put his finger on it. All right, now listen here. The promised water. Yeah, you know, like the chosen one, but the promised water. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thoughts, ideas, talk. Play on how the um, characters interacted and them brown or <laughs> brown orbs making me want to protect. <laughs> it's a stereotypical brown eyes in a way. I just uh, I just saw a meme because I'm on my phone, right? As we're doing this, and uh, it's uh, now for me from uh, Shield Hero. And you know the scene where he goes and gets Raftalia? Yeah. Uh, she's replaced by Darkness from Konosuba. Oh, God. And it says, this one is for free. And now for me goes, why? And then the slave trader goes, she keeps scaring my patrons away. And when I try to release her, she comes back. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I like this chapter. It's, uh... It's good to see that he kept the uh, the characters' temperaments as well, because uh, Qui Gon Jinn. It mentioned in the last chapter that he had a uh, uh, what did it say exactly? Something about his face. It was uh, 
Oh, now I have to go back and look. An intimidating yet friendly face, he said. And yeah, and uh, Liam Neeson does not have a friendly face. All right, well, um, I want to end this chapter here or this. That was quick, yeah. So since we're actually going to go to chapter five, do you want to start or do you want me to? I can keep going, but I had to, or I didn't have to, but I took off the, you know how on some water bottles that you press the button and the lid flips open and they've got those little silver things. Mm. Right, because you're uh, dead inside. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, you want me to? Did you say you wanted me to continue? I don't remember. It was like two seconds ago. All right. You gonna, you gonna read or? I, I don't know. Is the recording going? Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's been going since I said we were gonna go to chapter five. When I asked if you were there, I started the recording right after, or I resumed it. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, I. I wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't just like. I don't know the word. Yeah, just go. Can you can you see or is it black out? All right. Sound. It's sound. Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Get out of here. I'm gonna. Get out of here. Go away. <clears throat> Don't actually leave, but I'm going to read. Ento sat there, his legs crossed under his small frame upon the floor in front of the crate. His hands were resting in his lap. His face was filled with the will of a young boy's concentration. The crease between his brows twitched slightly as he furrowed them. Padme watched mesmerized. In front of the boy was his tunic and needle with some thread weaving through the fabric it was made from. She had never seen a Jedi, or a Force user in this case, use the power of the Force in order to do a simple, hands-on task. <laughs> uh, there was no need for a thimble, no need for a glove to protect one's hand, no need to power a machine. 
and Toe was tailoring his clothes so they didn't appear all too big on him. The handmaiden, which he knew to be queen, offered him a lift off-world. He accepted, not wanting to remain on a world covered in sand and endless violence. Still, Padme could see the concentration was taking a toll, as she could not only see he moved quickly with the use of a force, but was beginning to form but sweat was beginning to form on his brow. As he finished the tunic an hour into his stay on the ship, he rested it down on the clean floor of the starship, a small, faint smile across his lips as he stared at it. He wasn't completely fatigued. If anything, it felt good to use the force in order to do something menial rather than to survive. He closed his eyes again and took in a deep breath. Wasn't there a Sith Lord who was so like deeply connected to the force that he couldn't die no i don't think it was darth plagueis i think or dark plagueis or whatever no 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 he couldn't die because the force was holding his rotting body together Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a uh, Darth. Reven? No, no, it's not Reven. Well, now I kind of want to look it up. Yeah, 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 I will, but I want to look it up. I want to know. Uh,. Yeah, 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 you know exactly what I'm doing. Shut the fuck up. Sith Lord. Strong. Uh, strongest. I'll just type that in. Darth Sidious. What? No, that is not. Darth Nihilus is the one that eats planets. And then Darth Revan. Dark Lord Malak. Wait, Galen Malak? No, Garen Malak? No, 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 no. Yeah, okay, anyways, I'll continue. Oh, where was I? He closed his eyes again. No. Yeah, and took in a deep breath. That was amazing, she muttered as she picked up the tunic, looking over how well he had done the stitching. Under and over, it was done almost perfectly except for some minor mistakes which couldn't be seen without close observation. Hardly any mistakes. How often did you use the force for chores back home? Her eyes flickered over the boy that was a year younger than her. Mmm. Water. Every day until exhausted. It was how my father trained me in the basics. He also taught me that to fuel my power, I must use my experience and my emotions, but never let them dictate my actions in a solemn moment. His eye twitched as he could see the memories of his parents' last moments in the back of his mind, how they had told him to run, because even if he had stayed behind and fought for their land, he would have died in vain. Seeing his eye twitch after he spoke, she nodded slowly. 
She could tell he was in pain, even if she wasn't Force-sensitive. He was good at hiding it, until he shared something about it. Normally, a 13-year-old would likely be crying or too jaded to do much of anything. Yet he was able to sit here and use his powers to improve the quality of his clothes. Ento, were you born on Tatooine? He shook his head at the question. No, I was born on Hapan. But it's never nighttime there, always filled with light. He smiled, remembering the sights that he had when he was around four years old. However, my father had no freedoms there, especially after he cut himself off from the force. So they ended up fleeing. We ended up here. Hapan. Padme rubbed. Padme rubbing her chin slightly in thought. It wasn't a place she was familiar with. However, there were thousands of worlds, perhaps even millions. She didn't know them all. It's a planet inside of a large nebulae. It's ruled by a queen mother. It's a matriarchy. Anto said as he knew the entire history of the Haps Cluster and its political drama. Like Naboo, Padme made a sarcastic smirk across her face evident. Hardly as fair and loving, Anto dipped his head slightly and shook his head with a smile across his lips. His eyes then flickered towards the door, looking over Obi-Wan who was watching from afar. However, he paid the Jedi Padawan no mind as he turned his attention back to Padme. Fair and loving, Padme rolled her lips inward and out, taking his words as a compliment. It seemed he understood her plight, and didn't judge her for running away to get help. What's your favorite color? Ento was curious. Learning little details from people allowed you to know them better, so the more he could learn from her without skimming it off the top of her head was something he'd enjoy. Hmm. I have to say purple. She nodded at the young boy with the light titter connected to her reply. She sat there, her legs close together, with her hands in her lap. She was enjoying the company of someone other than the Jedi or the Royal Guards. Hmm, I like midnight purple. Ento sneered as he glanced toward the door, seeing that Obi-Wan was now gone and probably off monitoring their surroundings. There was still that shadow he felt looming over the area. He wasn't quite sure what it is, what it was, but it was definitely getting darker. What was out there that was emanating such a subtly dark aura? It felt like death, anger, and evil intent. So specific, Padme laughed light-heartedly before letting out a sigh. She really needed to get to- huh? Alright. <clears throat> Good, because my throat's starting to hurt. Padme. Obi-Wan stuck his head into the door. A sandstorm has been detected. We're going to be locking down the ship until further notice. Padme turned to the Jedi Padawan, to the Jedi Padawan and nodded. Thank you, Obi-Wan. Nodding, the Padawan would duck right back out of the hold and return to the communications room on board the ship. A sandstorm would make for perfect opportunity to attack the ship. Hento muttered quietly and shook his head, looking to the loading ramp. Padme blinked, hearing part of what he said about the ship. What? Nothing. Hento looked towards her as he stood in his socks. Do you have hot chocolate? Raising a brow at him when he had asked about hot chocolate, she wasn't expecting someone from 
desert play in it to ask for a hot beverage. Yes, we do, actually. What? Yes, we do, actually. Padme slowly stood up. Taking his hand as he offered to help her to her feet, she looked at his hands, which she held, staring at them briefly. For a farmer, they sure are soft. She fiddled with his digits a second before dropping them. Ento blinked at the comrade and shrugged. Mother didn't want me using my hands, so, as I said before, I was trained to use the force in order to do chores and to throw thieving Jawas around. Scoffing to herself, she gestured for him to follow her through the ship into the small galley. The boy would watch as Padme rummaged through the pantry until she came across some dehydrated, hot, dark chocolate milk mix. She placed two packets on the countertop and closed the pantry door before taking out two metal mugs. In the following next few minutes, the two of them were standing in the galley, contently sipping at their cups, mugs of hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 go back. Cook hot chocolate? Yeah. So you're cooking the hot chocolate in the microwave. Uh huh. Yeah. So, what do you mean by why are you questioning why I said cook hot chocolate? Because you don't cook hot chocolate. You make hot chocolate. You cook hot chocolate in the microwave. Same thing as saying. First off, you use a microwave to make hot chocolate. You could just boil the water. Or... Use a, a Keurig or a coffee maker, yeah. Uh, yeah, you could do that too, yes. But don't you hate it, how if you make the hot chocolate in the microwave, right? And then like two minutes or some shit, and just hot, maybe three, I don't know. It's been years since I've made hot chocolate last. Don't let it cool down. It fucking stalls your tongue. So you're saying, you're saying, don't you hate it when you're a goddamn idiot and don't cool off your hot chocolate? It's like goddamn hot pockets, all right? You just want to eat the damn things, but they burn you anyway. It's like goddamn hot pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of dumb, though, so. Oops. <laughs> I don't bully you, you're just kind of dumb. Is it? <laughs> Alright, you do that. <laughs> oh god. 
Hold up a second and I'll start. Just gotta drink some more water. Um, let's say hypothetically you were. Chapter four, Storm Raiders. Actually, before we start, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, those brackets around the titles. I see them a lot on like Chinese novels, you know, like Chinese system novels where they've got that. Yeah, and the like the system uses that yeah. as its dialogue borders. Well, no, because that's that's a chapter title. Yeah, we did, dumbass. How could you forget that? Well, yeah, because that's just... Oh, I just shut that down really hard. Um, that's just what that reminded me of, was that system shit. Um, I didn't use that shit in math. Yeah, well, I didn't take Algebra 2. <laughs> I don't plan to. All right, last chapter. Shut the fuck up. The last chapter. Don't actually, because you need to input your input here. Yeah, input your input. Um. No, I don't have input, dude. I I don't know things. <laughs> I'm not very good at, uh, at at commentary, you could say. Um, which is why I usually don't uh, I don't usually like stream or anything because uh, if I'm playing a game, I will I'll just sit there in silence and just play it. Fuck's that supposed to mean, fucker? <laughs> yeah they seem to be doing a lot of those you know because that's how you make a story yeah that's not something you would usually see in anything star wars Actually, it makes me wonder, not not about the stitching thing, but why would why would they have hot chocolate on an escape vessel? Unless it's like not originally an escape vessel. Um we actually went over this the first time that we recorded these sessions. I uh, I have not seen any Star Wars except for The Last Jedi and Rogue One, and that's it. Well, 
I know, I know bits and pieces. I know that Mark Hamill played Luke, and that. A position of her power? You mean a presentation? Well, yeah, presentations work, dumbass. Yes, they do. You shoot an you shoot a rocket, right? You shoot a rocket as a presentation of your power, and it blows anything below it to kingdom come. For instance. Atomic bomb. That was a presentation of our power back in the forties. That was not a presentation of our power. That was the USA committing war crimes. Yeah, that's a presentation of power. That is a presentation of how easily people fucking forgot about our war crimes that we committed that some friendly hands actually fucking irradiated people to death and it's not collective punishment. Wait, the Geneva Convention hadn't been made yet, had it? <laughs> In our, this isn't the first time that America's done bullshit like breaking shit like that. World War One. Um, there, there's that whole agreement. No shotguns in the trenches. America came in there with a fucking bump stop. Well, yeah, we because the Germans used mustard gas, and we were like, "Hey, if you fucking fuckers use, yeah, okay, if you guys use gas, we get to use our uh, wireless hole punches." And <laughs> except for America, because we don't give a shit if it's inhumane. <laughs> Really, you're gonna say America or cunts? No. Alright, um. I love how we get derailed. So, um. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what was I gonna. Oh, yeah, I like how he just casually mentions that a sandstorm would be good for an attack on a ship. Like,. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my input. Um so um the vessel she's on is literally Yeah, you do that and uh I will continue. Unless you want me to wait. Just look up Naboo Royal Starship. Yeah, that's literally what I was thinking on the 
disposal. So normally this stuff is out on the barrel's disposal for formal state visits to other planetary epigenas and for royal events on their voyages. Literally what I said, more or less. Her personal trips for political events. And it is literally Goddamn politics. Dude, that just fixed the fucking... You gotta be shitting me. What fixed what? Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, Let's continue. Unless you got something better to do. Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. <clears throat> Chapter 4. Storm Raiders. Alright, now before we begin. <laughs> no. Uh, the Naboo Queen's first night on Tatooine had begun. Night had fallen, and the storm was sand wild. What? The storm sand was wild. Yeah, that, that's not how he wrote it, though. Howling against the hole, causing it to creak and wane from the wind. They were safe, though. From the wind and the sand, at least. Obi-Wan walked into the hold, blinking, seeing the two weren't there. Padawan pursed his lips and glanced around before exiting the hold and heading towards the galley. There was no one there either, but there were two mugs. Walking over to them, he placed a hand over their mouths in the metal cups and raised a brow. Over the mouths of the cups. They were cold, but the chocolate that was stuck to the bottom indicated that it had once been hot. Where did those two go? Obi-Wan shook his head slightly as he left the galley after dropping two metal drinking cups into the sink. Wandering the short corridors of the small 76-meter-long vessel, he entered the hold once more to narrow his eyes on a pair of boots. It seemed the boy was without shoes on. As he walked over... What? The boy ain't got the boot. As he walked over to the pair, raised a brow looking down their shafts. The boots were filled with sand and clearly looked uncomfortable to wear. His eyes continued to graze over the floor until he noticed very faint traces of sand that left a subtle trail on the clean floors. Seems he had some sand in his pants. He chuckled to himself as he followed after the breadcrumbs that had been left behind. Soon enough, he found himself waltzing into the bridge, blinking a few times as he looked around. The trail had ended the moment they entered this area. Looking over the men, he raised a brow. Has anyone seen Padme and the boy? Panaka raised a brow when he heard this and immediately looked up from the console, standing up. They're not in the hold? His words were hurried. He was aware that Padme had a relationship prior to running for queen with Ian Lago. At the same time, he had faith in her that she wouldn't jump into another relationship during this crisis. He wouldn't see it was right, even though it'd be an interesting distraction. The queen and a farmer, a classic fairy tale. No, the Padawan huffed as he turned to walk out of the cockpit and headed down the corridor towards the royal quarters, Panaka following close behind. 
He passed by the main hold and tech stations once more before coming to a stop in front of the royal quarters. Panaka walked up behind him, giving the entrance a look over. His eyes then glanced to the door control panel. The door was locked. It was likely the queen was inside, and since they didn't see the boy anywhere, it was likely that he was inside, too. Teenagers, uttered Panaka as he walked over to the door, pressing in his code. Why would they be in the royal quarters? Obi-Wan's lips parted as he narrowed his eyes on the door and the man as the man was going to open it. With a heavy tss, the door the sound, the door's magnetic locks gave way, and the door swished open into the hall. The two men then peered inside the room. The lights had been off, and there were hands with of glowing cards, followed by if you keep letting me win, Ento, the game's not going to be any fun. It was Padme complaining. The two were playing Savak, a popular high-stakes gambling game seated with their legs folded on the bed. The two of them turn, turn, turned, <laughs> turned their heads to look into the light that suddenly flooded into the room. Two of them didn't do any serious bets with playing the game. Though he did ask Padme to give him a Nubian ship when he got a pilot's license, should he win each round. So far, she only wanted him to stay with her during the period of which this crisis was going on. That was all she asked for, including not limited to if he became a Jedi Knight, he'd visit her. Padme. Pad Naka narrowed his eyes on the cards in her hand, and then flickered his eyes over to Zento, who had his own brow raised at him. It's surprising that you didn't look in the crew quarters. Ento placed his hand down on the bed, revealing a winning hand of cards of positive 23. His eyes were resting on Panaka, who grunted slightly. What's going on here? Obi-Wan looked to the head of security before glancing over towards Ento, who seemed to know more about what's going on here. Padme just sat with a casual smile across her lips as she placed her cards down on the bed. A losing hand for the first time since they had begun playing. Ento had in fact been using the force to cheat the entire time, but in this case, to have her keep winning until she complained. He had stopped the moment he knew they'd be caught. The queen gave Padme permission to use her quarters to keep me occupied. Ento yawned absently as his eyes shifted towards the cards of her hand that now rested on the red velvet surface of her comforter. And the use of her refresher. Hanaka's eyes rested on the boy as he answered for the handmaiden maintaining the secret fact that the girl was actually the queen herself, though he was still rather annoyed. Obi-Wan raised a brow and slowly nodded to this, choosing to just outwardly accept it. The queen was generous and kind from what he has found so far. This wasn't too far off from what she may do for a mere farm boy, and probably future Jedi though he was having the suspicion that she was indeed the real, the actual queen. Watching two adults leave the room, Padme and Ento, and, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Padmo, pa Padmo. <laughs> Padme and Ento both looked to one another and smirked all smug. He then reached out with the force, having, what? Actually, it's Padto. No, it's a couple name. Yeah, Padto and May. Yeah, Padto and May. <clears throat> 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 
That sounds like fucking spell from Harry Potter. Mm. Water. Alright, where was I? Padme and Anto both looked to one another and smirked all smug, then reached out with the force, having the door closed once more. The boy then used the force to start shuffling the deck again before placing it down between them. For the next few hours, the two continued to make meaningless or sentimental bets rather than anything high stake. It was just for fun, after all, even as the dry thunder outside shook the starship's interior. <clears throat> Soon, yeah, I saw that. Soon, they could hear the Tuscans retreating as Obi-Wan's lightsaber was heard cutting a few more of the sand people down. <laughs> that reminded me of that meme a few years ago. No. Then, as the loading ramp would be heard closing, Padme stepped forward and opened the door to her quarters. Ento and Padme remained, however, aiming their weapons forward as the door was sliding open and only lowered them, seeing Obi-Wan deactivating his lightsaber with a subtle zip sound. Zip. It seems you're alright. Obi-Wan's eyes traced over the trio, his eyes going to the guns that were in the hands of the teens. He couldn't say he was surprised at this. The boy had come from a world of violence, and it was likely the handmaidens were trained in combat to protect their queen. Oh, did you, uh... I'm gonna continue, but... Uh, did you see... There was a, uh, I'll continue after this chapter because we're almost at the end. Yes, we are. Ento narrowed his eyes on the Jedi battle. Jedi? Jedi battle? Yeah, I got it right. Before looking, <laughs> looking to the dead bodies which were sewn across the floor. We should probably clean this up, he uttered quietly. Obi-Wan nodded as he sighed. This was going to be a long night. Within the next 20 minutes, the whole crew was removing the corpses of the Tuscan Raiders from the ship and nesting them a certain distance away from the ship itself. Once everyone was accounted for, they closed the ramp and reinforced it in case the Sand People decided to return in order to revenge their comrades. They're fallen. Uh, revenge? It should be avenge, but okay. No, they are revengers. Huh. <laughs> While there was temptation to move the ship, it was unlikely they'd get all that far. Padme was standing beside Ento, although, after all, they had been finished with. Her eyes resting on the loading ramp and the ruined interior of the main hold. She let out a light sigh. Could that have been what you were feeling earlier? Ento looked at her, not convinced that it was, and shook his head without reservation. It hasn't gone away. If anything, it's gotten closer during this engagement. It might be safer if we join Qui-Gon Jinn and the clumsy gun gun in Mos Espa at dawn. She slowly nodded, having wanted to go since the very beginning. I'll be able to lead us to them, so that shouldn't be a problem finding them in that mess. He referred to the starport as a mess, showing his dislike of its structure and its prominent use of slavery. Ugh. <laughs> Alright, so what was I saying before we get into the chapter review? Mm-hmm. 
what was I saying? I was saying something, uh, right. Uh, you know how this is a spoiler for, uh, anyone who hasn't seen the movies. Uh, you know how in like book, not book, episode three or whatever, no, whichever one that they go to the arena place and the, okay, well, shut up. <laughs> the, uh, the maid dies, right? Okay, yeah, so, um, and she goes, I have failed you, my queen, or some bullshit like that, right? Yeah, yeah, there's the thing, it's just like, well, actually, you did your job, you're supposed to die for me, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, for some reason I thought it was when they were in the arena and uh, Padme was tied up. Yeah, she got tied up to that that post or whatever it was. Yeah, and then she died. Um, <laughs> all right, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, the... He, uh... Z puts a lot more detail into his books than I do mine. First off, fuck you. Second off, I know. <laughs> All right, uh, chapter is. Oh God, I don't think I. Uh... It's strange to me that. Uh. Ento, who had never been in a serious fight before, I well, it says he just threw around a couple of thieving Javas, but I'm just gonna assume that he hasn't been in a serious fight before, considering his parents told him to run and his mom didn't like him to get his hands with uh, calluses on them. 
Um, well, rough hands are a symbol of someone who works hard physically. Then I'd rather not work hard physically. Yeah, that's because you're a cunt. Yeah. Um, anyways, what was I saying? Right, so I'm going to assume that he, uh, he had never been in a serious fight before due to that. Unless, you know, he's just out there crushing people's hearts with the force. But... More than one way. It mentions uh, Padme's remorse during the murder. Yeah, but, but it doesn't mention Ento's. It did mention at the beginning that he was... That he was... Uh, Yeah, so anyways, he didn't flinch, and it didn't mention anything about it, but that's, it's still a really good story. It is, but another thing is, I feel like it's the whole thing about how... Um, they don't die, they live on in the Force. Something like that. <laughs> I, I'm, I feel like it is literally... Yeah. Kenobi. It's kind of like how Anakin was retarded at fucking pod racing and Star Dragon was like the polar side. Yeah, it's called uh, Hacks. All right, here's what's going to happen. I am going to mute you, and then you're going to tell me. Yeah. All right, then. Is it? All right, then. Chapter five. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The last quarter of it. Alright, well, I've got a... <sighs> Drink some water first. Well, see, my throat doesn't get used as much as yours does, so. From sucking all that dick. <laughs> Something's wrong. I can feel it. <laughs>
Chapter 5. Onward. Come dawn, it was as if last night's storm never happened. Exiting from the royal quarters, Ento stared at the scars from last night's raid, the only thing that acted as an outright reminder. Turning his gaze towards the door control panel, it seemed to be the only thing repaired since they had gone to sleep. A light sigh left his lips. This place, it wasn't really all that safe on the ground. His eyes then trailed towards the closed loading ramp leading off the side of the ship. Walking out behind uh, Ento, dressed in her black and blue tunic, black trousers and boots, Padme Amidala glanced around and grimaced. Once you get to Coruscant, you can probably have it restored. Ento tried to console her, but that was to no avail as she just shrugged and pitched her head towards the ramp. As soon as we inform Panaka of where we're going, I'll meet you outside. Padme informed Ento, who snickered slightly and walked over towards the doors past the enforcements. She watched him as he pressed the button open to open the door and walked down the ramp once it met the ground below. The girl slowly walked away over towards the entrance to the cockpit. Once she entered, she came up behind Panaka and the Jedi Padawan, the Jedi Padawan, which were hard at work. Panaka, Ento and I are heading out to Mos Espa to meet with the Master Jedi under the Queen's orders, she declared, not really giving her head of security much of a choice other than to comply. Arguing with a handmaiden would be rather strange, especially since she was acting on the orders of the Queen considering the fact that she herself was the person who wanted this. Panaka just nodded. Keep close to the boy. Don't go unarmed. He was sure there was trouble just about everywhere on this world. However, since the events from last night, he'd come to trust the young man who had been playing cards with his queen. He took his S5 blaster pistol from his side and held it out for the girl to take. Padme snatched the weapon and tucked it into the front of her belt. Into the front into the front, the belt of her tunic. Okay. Minutes later, Padme came happily down the loading ramp. She had a spring in her step. She was surely excited to see the port, though Ento knew that she probably wouldn't like that she'll what she'll see. The two of them. Huh? It says that she'll see. Yeah. The two of them trekked across the desert between the starport and the dune sea. Ento could feel the eyes of someone watching them, including the energy of a lone drone which was moving about in the distance. It seemed to be also taking note of them. It was black, circular, and small. It was used for spying and was likely armed with weapons. A slight frown formed over his lips, though he was sure that there would be no other attempts on them at the moment. Whomever it was, they were in waiting. They entered the starport soon after, holding hands as to not easily be separated. As the two ventured between the tan-colored buildings, which awkwardly matched the sandy surface in which they trekked across, Ento reached out with the force. He could feel dozens, if not thousands, of people 
However, none of them were connected to the Force on the level of the Jedi Master. As he sifted through the energies that surrounded him, he found what he was looking for. Soon enough, they had reached the slave quarters row located in Mos Espa. People were up and moving about frantically. Today was Bunta Eve, a holiday which celebrated three ancient wartime victories of a hut named Bunta, which came in the form of festivals and pod racing. Making their way around to the backside of one of the buildings, Ento and Padme made their sudden debut walking in front of what appeared to be a blue pod racer. Ento? Jin was overlooking what appeared to be a young boy working on a pod racer. Placing his placed his eyes on the two who had just arrived. He found his quick young friend. He seemed to smile faintly before looking at the young woman beside him. And he brought the handmaiden? Your Highness's orders. Ento responded with a wave followed by a light chuckle. It should be Her Highness's orders. I am sometimes, yeah. Yeah, but neither's wrong here, buddy. An older woman. What? Neither's wrong here as they chose word choices, but in this context, since she doesn't know about the bullshit that went on on the on, on the board. Oh yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he's not very smart. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't uh, possess the knowledge. He doesn't have this galaxy brain. He can't compute the and just put all the world corporations at once. He's worthless because of that. <laughs> yeah. All right, where were we? Oh, <clears throat> an older woman with dark hair and eyes looked over towards the two arrivals. It was Anakin Skywalker's mother, Shmi Skywalker. Ento, where's your parents? Her arms dropped as she had been cradling them against her chest. She had never seen the boy alone before in Mosespa. They're dead, Jin answered for Ento, who neglected to respond. What happened? Shmi looked up to the man, her brows raised up curiously. Sand people attacked, killed his parents, and ransacked his homestead. When he found us in the outskirts, he collapsed in that handmaiden's arms. Jin pointed subtly towards the young Padme who was holding hands with Ento. Anakin, who was in the pod, was taken aback by the appearance of Padme, his mouth agape. Wah. Did he spell woe wrong? Wow. To him. She could only be compared to the stories of angels from the moon of Lego. Lego my ego. By the way, that is an actual thing that he referenced in episode one. Anakin literally asked if she was an angel. Anakin literally asked if Padme was an angel. That's what that joke has actually happened to. He's like, are you an angel? <clears throat> so, glad to see that he actually took one of your guys' facts and, and put one uh, right to character's ass. Well, yeah. Uh, 
he actually does quite a bit of research for his things. I don't. I just go off of what I can like see or what I remember, and then if I vaguely remember something, I'll look it up. That is uh, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Anakin had dirty blonde hair and dark blue eyes. His head was roundish, and he didn't seem to have that many outstanding features. However, despite his status as a slave, he was well taken care of, so it seemed. Ento's eyes shifted to the boy who was eyeing Padme and raised a brow slightly. Lightly waving towards him, the other boy waved in return. I see they're using a younger boy to win a pod race, Ento snickered quietly, though he could see this plan working. The force within the younger boy, he could sense it. It was strong. However, it wasn't as strong as his own, and it was completely untrained. The queen wouldn't approve, Padme mumbled as she watched the young boy maneuver himself around inside the tiny cockpit. The boy wouldn't be doing it if he didn't have the confidence to do it himself. Anto had never met Anakin before, though he had met Shmi. In a way, he knew that she wouldn't have let him unless she believed that he'd succeed. Plus, he's a slave. He must have been given permission by his owner to do this as well. I can hear you, you know, Anakin called out with a cross face, his dark blue eyes piercing through Ento. I'm a person. My name is Anakin. Ento narrowed his eyes on the young boy with a faint, unprovoked gaze. I'm aware. The young man walked over towards the machine and ran his hand along the hole. Using the force, he could feel the interior, the energy as it ran through the twin engines in the front of the vehicle. Not bad. The parts are secondhand, but the craftsmanship is well done. Anakin seemed to go from a grumpy prepubescent to a cocky grin immediately lit up by the other boy's lines. Compared to his friends who had nothing more to say than that he was going to lose, this person he had never met complimented his craft. So, your name's Ento, right? Turning off the pod, Anakin hopped out of the cockpit and walked up to the older boy. Padme joined beside Ento, staying close. Yes, my name is Ento. The young teen then gestured towards the girl beside him. This is Padmaiden, a handmaiden to the Queen of Naboo. <laughs> this is Padmaiden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Padme, handmaiden to the Queen of Naboo. Wow, really? Anakin's head turned to look at Padme with a content smile across his lips. It's nice to meet you, Padme. Yes, really. Padme lowered his head to look at him with a smile across her own lips. To Ento. An yeah, I noticed. I just went with it. To Ento, Anakin seemed immediately interested in her. The attraction was clear. He could s understand the allure to a girl, especially her. Cool. Anakin crossed his arms over his chest. His eyes narrowed on the girl's blaster, which was tucked into the belt on her tunic. Leaking a few times, he was curious. Why was a girl of such a position carrying a weapon in the open? His eyes then scanned Ento, finding a weapon on him as well. 
He seemed to be dressed as a moisture farmer, his clothes, though notably tailored to fit. However, his boots seemed a little too big for him. Anakin had met this boy's father. He was handsome and kind, but also a very tough businessman. So, your dad's not here? He's fucking dead. Antos. Yeah. Anto's father had often compared the two boys together, though Anakin hadn't met Ento up until now. He could see or even feel the resemblance, though it seemed Ento was quite different. Presumed dead, Ento unnervingly showed no expression on his face as he reported this to the boy who hadn't heard Jin's claim to Anakin's mother. Oh, he blinked a few times, sadly. I, I apologize for your loss, Ento. Ento nodded slightly as he could feel Padme grab at his wrist to comfort him. Padme thought it was necessary to protect Ento, as people who don't show their pain often have it bottled up so much they'll explode later on. That is why she feared for him, of what might happen to him. The teen's eyes traced over her face before his attention moved towards Qui-Gon Jinn, who could overhear the conversation. of over everything else that was going on. Yeah, no, it's, it's worded into interesting. Well, not only that, there's a period there, and there's not supposed to be. I know, I know. The teens, I, uh, wait, nope. There was a chance that the boy here in front of them would be coming with, especially since Shmi Skywalker had asked for Jin to save the boy from the fate of being sleeve, slave. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I do, and some other people might as well, so. <laughs> Returning. Unintentionally, you were the one that did the innuendo. Turning, Returning his gaze to Anakin for a split second, he felt the Jedi Master make his way over to them with due haste. He had made up his mind. He knew this just too well. Let's get going. Qui-Gon Jinn made his appearance beside the boys, placing his hands on their shoulders. We have a lot of work ahead of us. Okay. Alright, well... Why do I feel like that chapter was longer? Because you read it all by yourself, stupid boy. Fuck did you just call me? <sighs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I've noticed. You seem to be uh, the comedic relief. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyways, review the chapter, boy. It was good. We got to see Anakin being a little dick. I mean, being Anakin. Though you just said the same thing. <laughs> I am a comedic genius. 
Was it though? Yes, it was. The small details that he put into the work was great. Yeah, so the uh What was I saying? So the uh Oh yeah, the uh the I don't want to say it's well written because I've said that like for the past three chapters, but it is. And uh, your thought process was finally to the point of confusion. My, it, it it's just a chapter, and while it is good. Oh god, dude. I think that the uh So I I would say that I'm excited for the upcoming races, but that is because why Yeah, so the the relationship between Ento and Padme is No, no, I, I don't think it will. Because he doesn't really write that stuff often. Oh, uh, well, actually, that's not true. Because if you look at uh, the Blue Citadel. And, and the uh, other one with... Uh, Yeah. I said this earlier, but he commented, uh, he messaged me uh, after I sent him a link to the original 3 to 5, and he was like, you guys somehow turned a uh, 15, 30 minutes story into two hours. <laughs> Well, right now we're uh, from chapter uh, one to five. We are in less time right now than what we were when we just read three to five last time. Don't laugh, you 
foreshadowing of this event that is happening. Yeah, I actually uh, didn't get to finish what I was saying earlier, but... Yeah, so... <laughs> The uh, the relationship between Padme and Ento, I wouldn't say that it's, like, forced. Like, you know, you see some... Uh, I was reading... Uh, I was reading another book called... And the... Uh, the... The main character... He is a a duke, obviously. You can tell by the title. And he, yeah, okay, it is. But so he is. Uh, he every day trains, like physically trains, and does like sit ups and bullshit like that with his maid, right? And that led everyone to believe that they were fucking. And the, this is actually the reason I stopped reading. Because in chapter... Uh, he, he decides that... Oh, I've uh, accidentally made this understanding because everyone else has their minds in the gutter. And because of their misinterpretation of what's happening... I will uh, take this maid as, as yeah, make it true. Make her my concubine. Yeah, and it was like... Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so what it actually says is uh, he talks with his mother and she's like, you and this lady would be, uh, you guys are doing well. And so he's like, oh, they think that we are fucking. And he doesn't say fucking because it's uh, like a Chinese translation. So it's. Uh... Yeah. So the, uh, the fucking, what was I saying? The maid, he pulls her aside in, during a. Uh, a banquet and he's like you you need to be my girl yeah and that i stopped reading at that chapter right at that sentence because i i can't stand that those are the two things i can't stand forced relationships and harems i cannot stand either of those There are no good harem fix. No. No, there's not. Because it's always like, oh, one or two girls, that's it. And then they end up having like eight. Or they're like, I am the god of sex and I'm going to fuck anything with a hole. It did not. It was so bad. Um, well, because uh, time. 
<laughs> yeah, so we're at, uh, uh, well, I mean, if anybody actually listens to this, they can skip this point. Uh, I, I doubt they will. I started reading, uh, right, and it was in the beginning. He just fucks a void dragon, like literally, like that's it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that's too much. Anything above one is just disinteresting to me. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine if before their relationship started, the main character went and fucked someone else. I'm fine with that. But once, once, listen, listen, you got to let me give my input. That's how this works. I am saying monogamy is best. Yes. You can't make it work because there's always going to be that jealousy, that rivalry between the different. Uh... <laughs> and then you get down to one and you're like, oh, I'd like this person more the entire time. I should have just fucked them and kept with it. No, but then you got less oh, God. I get XP because I fuck bitches. I just like how I just like how like I'm not against the mono monogamy thing. I've read books that have no no characters like that are relationships in them before. I've had books that are that have multiple in them as well, and then there are some things that really irk me. Like when I am, I was doing this one time and it was kind of breaking out there. And oh wait, 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 was that a was that a? Oh, that one's good. Whether there was only going to, it had the romance part, right? It didn't state anywhere in like the, the book descriptions if it was going to be single person or Oh yeah, so that annoyed the shit out of me. When I'm like 180 chapters in, and there's all these fucking people that really want to fuck in M2, and then the M2 is all of a sudden turning everybody down except for that one fucking chick, and that's really annoying. What uh? What is one of my uh, pet peeves, I guess you could say, is when it says harem in the tags, but it also says romance. Because personally, and this is just my opinion, I don't believe that it can be both a harem and a romance. 
I, I, I very well may be, but that's my opinion. <laughs> splish, splash, your opinion is trash. Missionary position. I'm not Christian. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. I was baptized twice. Well, I can't say religion is a sin because you know everyone will want to slaughter me. So I never said that. That is not my official point of view. <laughs> you think people care about what your point of view is? Yeah, that uh, that might make some people upset, honestly. Is it though? Well, yeah, yeah, it, it has, but. Yeah, I guess. Maybe you're maybe you're right. I'm also probably wrong, but some people are just buttheads about everything. That's true. Alright, so this is where we uh, say that that last chapter is nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is where we end this recording. Okay. This is uh Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so anybody that actually listened to this podcast, uh, ciao, and uh, see you next time, I think, probably. No, no, in no way are we professional, especially not you. But this, no, no, we, we don't say that. This is the portion where we say... Uh, goodbye, and uh... oh, actually, yeah, you're right. So, uh, go, uh, go check us out on Patreon, I guess. Um, if if you're seeing this on YouTube, where it actually has a video along with it of the of the book, and I and I'm scrolling through it. Uh, there will be a Patreon link in the description, probably. And if, probably, if I remember, I'll, I'll remember. But if you're not, if you're reading this or listening to this on uh, uh, Spotify, CastBox, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is you're listening on, then uh, 
go to patreon.com slash wolf spatial with a capital w and a capital s and you can uh you can support us it's five bucks you don't get anything out of it but well yeah and <laughs> yeah that that's that's basically it and if you do if you do it's there's one tier it's just the supporter tier it's five bucks a month um Well, um, it, it does give us a little bit of an incentive, but mostly it's just for a little bit of support. And the, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Yeah, your, uh, if you want, your username or whatever it is that you want us to put will be put either on the screen that is showing right now if you're on YouTube or it will be put on yeah we'll I'll add a portion at the end for uh for for for, for patrons yeah that's basically what it is you'll your name will go on this board right here that you see and if you are listening on a podcast service, uh, it'll also your name will also be called out at the end of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you go to Patreon, everything you can you can see what we're doing. Uh, you can see how many people are supporting us. You can see how much we make. If you think we're making too much. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, you can see how much we make and how many people are supporting us. So you can see if other people actually are interested in this, if it's something that they enjoy uh, listening to as well. And, uh, well, I think that's it, actually. Um, do you have anything to say before we? I thought we did well. Yeah. Um. Well, one of us did, and it uh, it wasn't you. <laughs> yeah, somewhere deep down, I'm, I'm sure they do. It already was. Hmm. That uh, that's gotta hurt, huh? Well, I mean. Uh, that that's the end of this. Uh, good goodbye. I guess uh, we'll see you. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Uh, join us again for more half-assed audiobooks. Yeah, for more half-assed audiobooks. Your uh, if you are <laughs> if you're listening to this on Anchor, you can put in comments i believe i'm pretty sure uh, i saw that probably if you uh, if you're listening to this on anchor you can put in comments and suggestions and you can see or tell us if after after we finish return of an empire or get through 
enough of it where we don't tell you the entire story and you can go read it for yourself so that gear gets a bit of recognition. Uh, well, we'll, we'll just read like 85% chapters. Yeah, so the, uh, we'll pull a web novel. We'll read, we'll read, I don't know, 30 chapters, 40 chapters. Okay, so we'll read fifty chapters, and then, and then, uh, you guys will have to go read it yourself. Yeah. So, uh, again, if you're on YouTube, there will be a link to the book in the description. Well, I mean that you could say that, but uh, let's see in the. Uh, Last year, we posted last on May 4th, 2020, the um, Return of an Empire uh, 3 through 5 has gotten something like 45, 47 plays, I think it was. Well, yeah, and if you uh, if you actually go listen to that, if someone happens to listen to that before we post this and replace the other one, then uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, okay. So it was a it was a razor. Oh, what was it? It was a razor. It was one of those razors. It was a green one where the microphone slides back into the headset. But right now I'm on a. I'm on a studio mic, and I'm hoping that it sounds better, but I don't know if it does, actually. Yeah, of course you are, because you're a freaking, uh, you're a weeb. Yeah, I don't remember what I paid for. My current uh, headphones are uh What are these? I don't know. More instructions. Yeah, uh okay, yeah. Um well, we'll see you in uh episode uh, next. Yeah, the next episode where we read chapters uh 6 through 10. Yeah. Um Ciao.